Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today because today God's Word is going to build you up to do everything, everything that God has called you to do. And also, God's Word is going to transform you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's dear Son. Praise God. So today let's give careful heed to the word of God because it is our spiritual food that we live by. Now let's go over to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 20, and we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. Now verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And we also know what happened to the talent of the gentleman that had the one and never used it because of fear and unbelief. We see that in verse 28 where the scripture says, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. Well, right there you could see that Jesus was not and is not a socialist or an atheistic communistic type person where he's just going to start taking everybody's money pull it all together and spread it out uh, in a, in a way that, you know, even those that uh, give no effort are still going to get the same result. No, Jesus said, so take the talent from him. In other words, the one that didn't use the talent and give it to him who has 10 talents. Praise God. You must respect what has been given to you in this area of the talents and the abilities, the knowledge that God has given to you. If you want money to flow into your life, you must use wisely what God has already given you. So take inventory of what you have in your life and oversee it and take good care of it. For example, this works on uh, the different areas or compartments that we have in our lives, not only with our finances, but even with our health. So, would you desire to walk in good health? I know that everybody wants to. So we must respect our bodies and we must be cognizant of what we're putting into them and what we're doing with our bodies. Because what is going on? You, you have to have respect for the talent that God has given you. You have to understand money. You have to have respect towards your body and take good care of it so that you can live, live out the full life expectancy that God has allocated to you. Jesus taught that those who respect it, what they were given would receive even more. Now, if we don't respect what we've been given, there's a strong possibility that we're going to lose it. Now, probably not overnight, but eventually when we lose respect for something, even a relationship or a friendship, if you don't respect that, you can lose a friendship. If you don't respect your body, you can lose your health. And if you don't respect the area of finances and how God wants you to succeed in that area, you can have unwanted and unnecessary financial setbacks. For example, also, if you don't respect your job, even, even if you're self-employed, okay, you'll find that customers very quickly can find other options. So you can't think, well, I, I work for a corporation or I have a boss, so it's not the same. If I were self-employed, then I could do whatever I want. No, no, it doesn't work like that. We must never have this careless attitude where we lose respect for what God has entrusted us with. So you could be an employee, but if you start disrespecting your job and you come in late and you're, uh, you know, the last one in, but you want to be the first one out and you try to do as little as possible to just get by, what's going to happen usually is that again, it's, it's like a law. If you, if you lose respect 
for whatever it is, you're going to end up losing that thing that may be in your life at this time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, you only attract that which you respect. This is very important. This covers a wide gamut, everything from, uh, you know, relationships and finances, even in the area of the anointing. We're going to talk more about the anointing today, but even in this element of working with the Holy Spirit and the anointing, you, you're only going to attract and bring into your life what you respect. And so we need to learn to honor the different men and women of God, the different types of anointings that are in the bodies uh, that are in the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Here's a saying I, I got from the Holy Spirit. A careless attitude will create a lot of cares in your life. A careless attitude. In other words, you don't have respect. You've lost respect. A careless attitude will create a lot of cares in your life. And these are the cares that are unnecessary, that you don't have to go through these things, but you're going to go that way anyhow, because you've lost respect for something that you should have developed and taken good care of. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. What you don't appreciate in the same way you can eventually lose. I remember years back that my wife and I, when we first were kind of getting settled in Moravian Falls, we rented a house in the backwoods up in the mountain, in a mountain area of Moravian Falls. It was very pretty and uh, it was, you know, deer and uh, uh, granite rock outcroppings and it was real beautiful, but it was a rental home. And I looked out the back window one day and I saw all of these briars, just like a huge briar patch of thorns and briars. And I, I just said, Lord, you know, I've got time right now uh, to, to get rid of that. And I, I said, I don't own the home, but I'm sure the landlord would appreciate it. She's a spirit-filled Christian lady that was renting it to my wife and I. I said, I'm sure she would appreciate if I cleaned all that up. And while I didn't pour money into the house and remodel the house, because it's not my house, I did take really good care of it. And I began to make the lawn very, very pretty because first of all, I'm living there. Second of all, it's going to be a blessing to her. And I'm just, I had, whenever I had free time, I would do things like that. And I showed respect towards what God had entrusted me with, although it's a rental property. Would you believe that one day, now we had been we had been renting there for maybe a year, maybe maybe like a year and four or five months, like a year and a half. And I'm down at the office working one day, just doing my own thing. And and uh, there was a knock on the door, and uh, the secretary let the person in, and the person wanted to speak to me. I came out, and it's the landlord. And I uh, I, I called her by her name. I said, Hey, I said, what brings you by? She said, Stephen. She said, God told me to give you my home. Woo! And she did. She did. She had another home in, in the su south area of Charlotte. So she had two homes. This one was like an extra home she had. And she came in that day and said, God told me to give you my home. What would that have ever have happened if I would have thrashed the house? If I'd have taken my trash and thrown it off the back deck, just let it go all over the yard? If I'd have messed up the septic system, if I would have uh, just let stuff fall apart, not tell her about it, would that have happened? Absolutely not. But I believe when we work these spiritual laws, God sees things. And you know what? It all went through. She said, I'm going to, she said, I'm going to give it to you. And we got uh, signed paperwork and so forth. And it was done and it was done. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -mm. What a blessing. True story. Glory to God. So some Christians laugh and they have no respect for God's financial principles. A lot of times that's because they don't understand them and because therefore they're struggling and then they get jealous and envious of those who do have financial success. And so they mock and ridicule them and they don't understand that's to their own detriment. If you disrespect it, you're going to distance yourself from it. But if you respect it and you say, Oh, that's good. I want to go there too. If you respect that anointing, it will begin to come upon you. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Very, very interesting how these things work. You know, my wife and I lived there for several more years before we sold the home and moved on uh, to another uh, lovely place that God opened up for us that we bought. And uh, of course, we're living there now. But what a wonderful time that we had there. What a great miracle that God did. And I believe God's got many, many miracles in store for you. So I want to say today, be a good steward with everything that God has given you. Don't let things run down and fall apart or just pile up and become junk. Take good care of everything that God has placed underneath your care, no matter how big, medium, or small it might appear to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, as of today, we're two weeks out from Passover. 2022, which is Resurrection Sunday, April the 17th. And the Lord has led me to receive on that day a uh, faith pledges, faith pledges for our pure gold television program. And this pledge, this act of faith is based upon Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. And I'd like to read that to you. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleanings from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord, your God. So as I discussed last week, we know that most of the world is poor. 3.4 billion people. That's half of the world's population make less than $5 and 50 cents a day. No, not, uh, you know, not an hour, a day. So half of the world is in poverty. But 89% of all homes in the world have TVs. And over 5 billion people watch television every single day. And so the Lord has led me to receive faith pledges so that we can secure the funds over this year, there's nine months left in the year. And the Lord has put up on my heart to believe him for 30 people, 30 people that will make a $7,000 faith pledge. And you have nine months, the remainder of this year to bring it into the house of the Lord. And you can make a monthly that can break down to a monthly pledge, which comes out to and I didn't know this when the Lord told me, when I punched it on the calculator, when he told me this early in the morning, it was about four o'clock in the morning when the, uh, when I was spending time with the Lord and, uh, I had been with the Lord for hours. And when he showed that to me and I, cause I was too, I was kind of like, I'm not thinking analytically. And when I'm in the secret place and hanging out with the Lord, but when I pulled my calculator on my phone and, and punched in the numbers, I, I saw 777.77. Hallelujah. And that's what it comes out to. So if you want and you feel led of the Holy Spirit to make that faith pledge, it all goes towards the pure gold television program so that we can reach the poor around the world. Now, yes, it's going to reach those that also would have wealth <laughs> because we're on one network that covers, uh, well, it covers literally 200 nations, but it hits real heavy in Europe. So, you know, we're going to cover a lot of people there, but it really still is going to hit a ton of poor people and across the board in, in the areas of salvation, usually the poor respond quicker to the altar call to receive Christ. Hallelujah. And in each message, there's an invitation to, to receive the Lord. So you may be watching and you might say, Pastor Stephen, I want to be one of the 30 to make a $7,000 pledge that will go to the Pure Gold Television program. There's nine months left in the year. Each month you can, by faith, you know, trust the Lord to pull that money together and send it in. Hallelujah. Now some, you may have 7K and you say, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to do the whole thing one, uh, up front and once. That's good. God bless you. Amen. Others, you will, you will probably see that you're able to do something stronger, such as the 7K, by spreading it out. That way you don't need it all at one time. You go month by month by month, nine months in a row. You've fulfilled that. You have helped us preach the gospel literally around the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, because we are airing now in 200 nations on one network alone that we're on. That doesn't include the other networks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, of course, some will say, well, Pastor Stephen, my faith can't reach that high. But what if you could reach the 777? 
$777 pledge. That breaks down to over nine months. Of course, we have nine months left in the year. That breaks down to $77.77 that you could send the check each month into the ministry for pure gold and just write pure gold on it because this is going to go for television. Praise God. Glory to God. So the bigger you make your corners, the bigger God will make your field. The bigger you make your corners. And again, notice it doesn't, God's not telling you how big to make them. That's up to you. If you make big corners, God will make you a big field. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to say thank you to everybody that is standing with me in this Passover Resurrection Sunday faith pledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you can bring your first pledge in on that day on Resurrection Sunday. If you want to mail it in, maybe it'll get here a few days early. That's that's fine. But I'm praying over them. That way we can continue with the television broadcast and we can also expand it. And we also want to go on the air in several very special places where the Lord has opened uh, very favorable doors. And uh, I really believe the Lord's in these opportunities. But my friends, we have the ability in our generation to do some amazing things through uh, 5 billion people watching TV every day. So let's go get them with the gospel. And those that are already born again, let's build them up. Let's build them up so that God can bring dignity in their lives and they can be delivered from the power of the devil and the, uh, the, all of the, uh, all of the things that the enemy tries to afflict humanity with to keep people in bondage or suffering or pain. We can bring the living word of God to them and see eternal differences made in the lives of men and women. Thank you for standing with me in this. Now, let me say, of course, that the ministry operates on the tithes, the offerings such as the pure gold offering for Passover, Resurrection Sunday, those help with the global outreaches. But the everyday administration and the functioning of the, of the ministry on a healthy basis, that's why your tithe is so important. So we're going to receive the tithes now. And those of you that are prepare, preparing your hearts for the special Passover offering, uh, April 17th, get ready. Hallelujah. Get ready. It's going to be wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and your special offering, you can send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring your tithe, in online, you want to bring your special offering in online, you can do so by going to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage for the tithes. It says give, has a red heart. Click that, and you can bring your tithe in there. For those with your pure gold Passover offering, you want to click the orange link that says projects, and you'll see it right there. It says pure gold uh, uh, air, uh, airtime, Passover offering. You can click that. Woo! Glory to God. I tell you, the Holy Spirit said it's the golden number. He said 7,000 is the golden number. I'm believing God for 30 people. Hallelujah. Amen. But meet the Lord where your faith is at. Meet the Lord where your faith is at. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is ministering right now sharing with you what you should do. Now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, bless uh, your people. Oh, God, you're giving, the, you're giving them the opportunity to decide what they're going to do with their corners. The corners are for the poor and the stranger. And, oh, God, we can take the gospel to the poor and those that are being shifted from countries because of wars and this and that and the other. And they're going to be in the places where they can hear and get better reception of what's being taught. So Father, we just thank you, O oh God. Bless. Bless your people, Father God, as they're deciding their corners and you're deciding what their field will be. We give you praise. Father, we thank you for a large field and we thank you for a global harvest. We bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -mm. Today, I want to talk about an overflowing experience. I don't want to talk about a shortage or uh, not enough. I want to talk about an overflowing experience in connection with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm 23, and let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures as if a lamp were shining on them and understanding is coming into our minds. We thank you, O God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing. In Jesus' name, we pray and we all say, Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. What does the shepherd primarily do? He leads the sheep. He leads them to green pastures. He leads them to water. He leads them to a place of safety and protection. So one of the primary roles of the shepherd is to lead. The Lord leads. We also see further down in verse 5 where David said, you anoint. Ah, so the Lord in the, in the picture of being a shepherd, the Lord also anoints. So he leads and he anoints. You anoint my head with oil. Now watch what happens in the process of leading and in the process of anointing. It leads to my cup runs over. So every believer wants to be in that place where their cup is running over, where there is an overflow experience in their life. Everybody wants the overflow. So the overflow is connected to divine leading and that divine leading is connected to anointing. And then the next thing you know, you're in the overflow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now the anointing does not function in a sense of isolation. In other words, the, the anointing, you can't compartmentalize it and say it's here all by itself and nothing else influences, influences it or touches it. Um, the, uh, the anointing can be enhanced. And I want to talk about how that is accomplished today. But first of all, let's look in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 30. And let's go to verse 22. I want you to understand something about the anointing that will help you today. Verse 22, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary and a hen of olive oil, and you shall make from these a holy anointing oil. So the thing about the holy anointing oil is that the oil is simply the carrier of the anointing, but the oil was never just basic olive oil. It was always spiced. And here we see the various things such as liquid myrrh and the, uh, the cinnamon and the sweet smelling cane and the cassia. And uh, all of these, of course, have deep prophetic meanings, but these are all brought into the oil to enhance the overall beauty and the experience of the anointing. Praise God. So in other words, there are things that we can do today to enhance God's anointing upon our lives. And I know that you want to be anointed. Praise the Lord. The leadings of the Lord can only be picked up by those who are spiritually sensitive. Again, the Lord is my shepherd. What does the shepherd do? He's going to lead you. So if you want to get into stronger anointing, okay, into the overflow, then you're going to have to enhance the anointing through spiritual sensitivity, spiritual sensitivity. It is a key ingredient that increases the anointing. Look at this with me, please, in Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now, here's the thing. You can never manifest your full sonship without being led. Mm -mm. So technically we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Technically we have the mind of Christ in the eyes of God. We are sons of God. But if you want to manifest these things, 
And in this context, manifesting the sonship of God in your life where it's manifested and it's working. That is going to depend a lot upon the leading of the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these, these are sons of God. Mm -mm. Wow. This leading, it totally revolves around the ability to pick up on divine signals. Look, get ready. Because you're going to start to get real sharp in this area, and this area will help do what? Enhance the anointing, which is going to take you to where? Place of overflow. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This, again, this leading is the ability to pick up on divine signals of when to go, of when to stand still, and, and, and when to, you know, because it, it changed just like that. We actually see a good example of that in the Gospel of John. Chapter 2, let's take a look at it. John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Well, Jesus, push the button, make it happen. No, no, there's, there's no, uh, how can we say, there's no divine signal. See, he's not moving without divine signals. Well, we need to be led of the Lord around here. We need to be led of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and he's not leading to do anything. <laughs> Woo! So many people are caught in frustrations right now because they got into something that God never led them into. Mm -mm. But now think about that just for a second while I take a drink of hot tea. A lot of people right now are trying to figure out how they got to where they're at and how they can get out of something that they've gotten themselves into. And it revolved around moving into something when it wasn't either, it was either premature or it was even a wrong direction. Wow. But Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. And I know you're my mom, and I know uh, you love me, and I love you too, and everything's good. Everything's all right, but God's not telling me to do nothing. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Now, that could change, and it does, it's going to change quick. <laughs> but you're going to have to get sensitive because you will have people try to push you. And I've been around other prophets, and I remember one particular prophet, um, his prophesying was highly developed. And his preaching, teaching, it was okay. He didn't develop it that much. So what happened is he started leaning more on the gift. And uh, you always want to put the word first. Uh, because of that, he's not here. He, he didn't live his life out. But the thing was, is that the gift, though, was very strong. And people wanted him to prophesy. Because I'd been in the meetings, you know, and they wanted him to prophesy. Uh, they're just like, hurry up and finish your teaching, you know, and, and, and prophesy. And Sometimes he would succumb to that pressure and he would prophesy. And I had one pastor friend, uh, he and I were talking about him and I said, Hey, were you been in any of his meetings? He said, Oh, yeah, I was in a bunch of his meetings. I said, what was your take? He said, well, I was in one meeting. He prophesied to me uh, a certain thing. And he said, it was so wrong. It was not even like, it'd be like trying to take a gun and shoot the side of the barn and he standing right in front of the barn and still miss. He said it was so off. And that's because people are pressuring him and he's now yielding to that. And he's like, and it got him all frazzled and um, still had a very powerful ministry. And when he was on in the anointing, it, it was nothing less than spectacular. But outside of that, this thing of just do it anyhow, you know, cause people wanting to do it so bad. Oh, you have to be real careful about that. Even, even when your mom's putting your pressure on you, Jesus, they, they, they ran out of wine. I know who you really are. Yes, she did. She knew who he really was. But my friends, oh, these are things that we're going to have to learn. Here's one that we all need to understand, that no matter how anointed you are, hello preachers out there, no matter how anointed you are, you cannot operate under the anointing without obeying the law of divine signals. Okay? And if you disregard that, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. It'll come back to bite you in a very uncomfortable, inconvenient way. So sensitivity to the leading 
of the Holy Spirit is what guarantees your manifestation, hallelujah, as a son of God. And I know that's what you want in your life, to see the image of Christ formed in you in a very mature and powerful way, hallelujah. So much of this, again, it's working around the leading, and you're going to have to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. And this one I'm actually going to read from the uh, King James Version from um, uh, my notes here on my phone. The King James Version, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3 says, His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor the side by the hearing of his ears. So, we are also told here, uh, actually that would be Isaiah 11. Let me turn over there just for a moment, because... I'm missing a verse right there, and I want to make sure I catch that. Praise the Lord. Okay. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And here we have, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And we, oh, there it is. I'm reading the New King James Version. Woo! I thought, what's going on? Here we go. King James Version from good old 1611. Think about that. 400 years old. And shall make him of quick understanding. There it is. I was like, where's my quick understanding? Shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. So King James says quick understanding. New King James says delight in the Lord or delight in the fear of the Lord. That's what most modern versions say. But they're they're both, they're actually both correct. The Hebrew's too rich to uh, almost limit it to one. You got to bring out the, uh, the, the multifaceted meaning here. But what is basically being said is that the anointing will make you of quick understanding to pick up divine signals. You just, boom, you get it real quick. And you know what God wants to do. And you know when, you know when to move. And you know also, don't do anything. Or say something, or don't say something. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. One time I'd been praying and I don't say this to try to sound spiritual or anything like that. I just say this to, just to be honest. I'd been praying for a couple of hours, and I was on my knees praying. This is when we used to live in, in California before we came out to North Carolina. And so I was praying in the house and uh, uh, prayed a little over two hours. I think it was like two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. And when I was done, I felt so full and so happy in the Lord, and I, I began to stand up. Because I had a rich devotional time with God, and now I'm going to go out and I got things to do and stuff like that. And as I begin to stand up, I I could sense, and that's the only way I can say it. I could spiritually sense something's about to happen. Don't leave. Now, I've often thought, what if I would have missed that? What if I would have overridden that? But but you know, of course, prayer is going to help develop this. I want to talk in a, in a moment about. Two things. I'd say the two main things that you can develop, that you can do, that will really allow you to be sensitive spiritually. I'm not talking about being sensitive emotionally, where you cry. You know, uh, uh, anything you, you know. Oh, a sunset makes me cry. Oh, 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 it's a, it's a green sign. Oh, green makes me cry. I'm not talking about emotional sensitivity. <laughs> oh, music makes me cry, Pastor Stephen. No matter what kind. <laughs> no. I'm talking about being sharp in the spirit to pick up on these divine signals. Mm-mm. And I, I, I stopped. I could sense something was about to happen. So I just got back down on my knees, went right back down on my knees. I d- didn't know what was going to happen because my prayer time's complete. And I got back down on my knees. And the moment I did that, I went into a vision and the Lord Jesus walked right through the wall of my bedroom. He had an angel with him and he came into my bedroom and he stood there and shared something very, very special with me. By the way, you can read about that story. I believe that story, that vision is in my book, Working with Angels, because um, when the Lord came, this was like a few weeks before Christmas. And when he came, he was dressed in shepherd's clothing. Okay, a shepherd leads and guides. He was dressed in shepherd's clothing. He looked like he'd been out on a field taking care of sheep. And he had the shepherd's, not the shepherd's rod, but he had the shepherd's nook, you know, that has the curve. 
uh, the curved hook like looking thing. He was holding the shepherd's nook in his hand and it was striped like a peppermint candy cane. And I knew he was going to tell me something that, that was going to uh, be concerning Christmas. Now that, that could get some people a little bit nervous or like, Oh, 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 Pastor Stephen, don't you know that Christmas is a pagan holiday and all, all this and all of that. Look, I know that it's certainly not a biblical feast day, but God can take even, um, certain traditions that have worked their way into the church and he can, he can bless them if they honor him. And also primarily it's, it's a door during that season two two seasons, what, what the world calls Easter and what we also know as Christmas are the two best times to minister to the, to those that are outside of Christ. They, they may never think about God any other time except for those two times. So the Lord will, um, he'll work with you on those dates, mainly because it's an opportunity to reach the lost. But he came to me and told me some things that were going to happen to me concerning Christmas, and it all came to pass. And there was a blessing that was released also. Hallelujah. But that only happened, I, I only caught that because there was some kind of spiritual awareness that I had developed through spending time with God, where I knew some, something's about to happen. And I, I can... I can pick up on that. Remember when David inquired of the Lord, Lord, you know, uh, the Philistines are wanting to fight again. And, you know, we beat them last time and we engaged them last time. Uh, Lord, how should we do it this time? The Lord said, this time is going to be different. And you're going to, you're going to go this way and you're going to do it like this. And don't go out until you hear the sound. That was a spiritual sound until you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the tree of the mulberry trees. You're thinking, well, now who's walking on the top of the trees? Well, that's the angelic army. So he's, he's going to move with the army of angels, and that, that required a prophetic sensitivity. It doesn't mean you have to be a prophet. Now, David was a prophet, but it is a spiritual sensitivity to the way the Holy Spirit works and moves. And you can be in the church and sit in the church and love God, be on your way to heaven, and be totally clueless about how this whole thing works. And if you don't understand some of these things, begin to learn some of these things, it will affect the anointing from being able to flow and operate in your life. And if you can't get that flow going, then you cannot know the real overflow that God has for you because David said, my cup is overflowing and that's God's destiny uh, or that, that's God's destiny for you to uh, have the same refreshing, abundant experience. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 21. Mm -mm. This, is a, this is a hot, hot scripture right here. Verse 21, I, uh, uh, the Lord says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. That's crazy. Mm. We, got, we, have, we have this going on today in the church today, particularly in the Western church. I have not sent these prophets. He's not saying they're not prophets. He's just saying, I didn't send them, yet they're running around giving all these words all the time. And if they never come to pass, there's no accountability for it. Yet they've got another one. They're churning them out like a, like, like a newspaper uh, factory, a new one every day. Well, the other one didn't come to pass, and the one before that didn't come to pass. That's okay. we got another one that's better than all of them. Wow. Wow. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Pastor Stephen, God told me you're supposed to do this. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> That's nice that God didn't tell me that. Woo. Uh, brother, you're supposed to get married to that lady over there. Uh, and then all these, all these crazy things that happens uh, because of uh, people uttering and saying things and gullible or young believers that don't know yet how to, um, do, you know, figure all this out. Uh, and there's a lot of people swept into hardship and to difficult times. Brother, what do you feel your calling in life is? Well, I always wanted to be an astronaut. That's, uh, that's it. Thus says the Lord, you are to be the first one to go to Mars. And, you know, it's probably just not going to happen. But there's, there's prophets out there, and if you want a word, they'll, they'll give you one. And at the same time, you can understand, that's why Paul wrote in one of his epistles, do not despise prophesying. 
Why? The church was kind of fed up with it, and they were starting to despise it because it was getting watered down, because all these uh, so-called prophecies are floating all over the place, and everybody's got a word and stuff like that. But see, the just shall live by faith. You don't live by prophecies. Now, prophecies can be very, very powerful when there is a genuine anointing, and the vessel is yielded to the Holy Spirit, and the Lord is speaking. Woo! Oh, tremendously edifying. And encouraging but there's a lot of fluff floating around and for some reason uh, because of the embrace of the prophetic gift and it becoming maybe we could say more widespreadly established within the church I've, I've seen Baptist people they're, they don't even speak in tongues. They don't even really believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit in the, in the sense where the evidence is speaking in tongues but now they believe in prophesying. <laughs> and, they're, and they try to prophesy, and I'm just thinking, man, because I've heard them do it. I'm just like, oh, Lord, have mercy. That is totally, com I, I don't say anything, but I'm like, oh, that's completely coming out of your head. That's all coming out of your soul nature, and there ain't a lick of anointing on any of that, and none of it is ever going to happen. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! Very, very interesting. Interesting. So often the reason for struggles is because of a wrong leading, but with divine signals, there will be an accompanying anointing. Oh, I'm telling you, the anointing is incredible. The ability to understand the anointing, what is anointed, what is not, what is spirit, what is soul. Oh, my goodness. Wow. These things uh, are very important. This area of spiritual sensitivity is so important. So let me give you two things that work really well in my life. They're biblical I'm going to give you two things that will help enhance your spiritual sensitivity, which will do what? It'll allow you to pick up on that leading, okay? The leading of the shepherd, the leading of the Lord, takes you to a place of anointing. The anointing, which is an empowerment, okay? The anointing takes you to the place of overflow. Woo, praise God. So I want to share just a couple of things uh, in this area of becoming spiritually sensitive. Let's go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Many of you have this verse memorized uh, to heart, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to ask you a question. It's not a trick question or anything like that, but what is prayer? What is prayer? Well, now, Pastor Stephen, prayer is a divine means of a communication with the cosmic being who governs over the... No, no, no. no I'm not trying to get theological. Well, prayer, what is prayer? It's just talking with God. That's all prayer is. It's talking with God and God talking back to you. So here's the thing with the waiting on the Lord. In the element of waiting, yes, there can be prayer and there can be petitions or you're asking God for certain things you have requests, and then there's intercession. Perhaps, you know, you're, you're praying for the president, uh, which is a very good thing to do. It's, it's, we're instructed to do that. You're praying for our leaders. You're, you're praying for other areas. But then there is the point you kind of get caught up on your prayers. You pray for this, and you pray for that. Thank you for praying for me. And you pray for these various things. And then you're all caught up. Well, that's it. I'm out of here now. Well, now, hold on a moment. When you're all caught up and the presence of the Lord is still there, now you just wait. You hang out. Maybe you just want to walk around in the room or just sit on the couch and pray in the Spirit and see what happens. This is that place of waiting that fine-tunes spiritual sensitivity. And I'm going to have to be honest on this. Um, this is like going to the gym and you want to get strong the guys that know, the, the gals that also would, you know, that would know, hey, if you want to get strong, you have to do the mass weight exercises. You're going to have to do squats, and you're going to have to do bench press, and you're going to have to do something for your back, such as deadlifts or bent over rows. If you want to develop, develop the mass muscle groups, because everything else is going to extend off of that, you're going to have to do the heavy compound exercises. And if you want to hear from God, and get that sensitivity so that you could ride that anointing. Uh, I haven't found any better way than waiting on the Lord. You just hang out with the Lord. Hang out with the Lord. 
And you're not, you're not even asking for anything. You're just kind of hanging out. You know, if it helps you to stay awake, walk around. And if you do this early in the morning when you're real calm, it's a lot easier to wait and put these extended amounts of time in. So you get over into that area where you're dialed in. And you walk into the day and you've already won the day before the sun ever comes over the horizon. You've already won the whole day. doesn't matter what the devil does because he can't get in the spirit. He is a spirit, but he is a fallen spirit. So he works against man's carnal nature. But if you're walking in the spirit, oh, um, you, you, you have a, and you can sense it. There's like a shield that goes up. You can sense it. Mm -mm. Woo. And uh, you just, uh, you are just able to supernaturally step over landmines, spiritual landmines. You're, you're able, you see, it's like you sense them or see them, and you step over them, you go through the minefield, and then you go over here, and you navigate through that. The devil couldn't tangle you up in that or blow you up in that, and you just kind of keep on going. Praise God. And it, it's just, it's a sweet victory. But if you want to taste that and, and, and walk in that, you just have to spend time, just like you got to spend time in the gym. Okay, you have to spend time waiting on the Lord. We've had so many books written on it. We've had so many sweet, syrupy songs about it. But I'll be honest, the truth is very, very few people do it. I'm talking about Christians, of course. It's still, it's still a rare art. I wouldn't call it a lost art, but I would absolutely, as of today, 2022, I would absolutely call it still a very rare art in the body of Christ. <laughs> oh, but it works like crazy. It works like crazy. You could, you could have defeat, defeat, defeat. The moment you step into this, and it could take one morning, one, one rich, deep morning session. You, you go from failure, 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 boom, and suddenly you start winning, and you can just keep it going. You know, right now, um, I'm not tracking it. But I know we're in what they call uh, the tail end of March Madness. You know, they have the, uh, uh, I, think it's, I think it's over now. I don't know who, who won or anything like that. But uh, I've heard that some of the big teams are back in it again. Look, the reason that certain big teams are back in it, whether it's Duke or, you know, North Carolina or whoever might, might be playing, the reason they're there is not because somehow they're just randomly, luckily good every year. No, it's because the coaches. That's why the coaches get paid so much money. They have something that where they understand winning and they're implementing the same thing year after year. And maybe, you know, only one team's going to win the whole thing. But even if they don't win the whole thing, it's like they're there. There they are again. How, how do they always keep making it into this final little bracket? You know, everybody, you, you got all these hundreds and hundreds that want to get there, but yet you get down to the final little groups. There's, they're like the same names over and over again. Why? It's the coaches, the same coach, the same coach there. They're all winners. They all know how to win. And you have to do the same thing. When you find out these are strategies for winning and you start implement that, oh, wow. You're like, wow. So it does, you, you'll see, it really does revolve around the leading of the Holy Spirit and your sensitivity to pick up on that. It's wild. Woo, praise God. Can't be taught. In some ways, it can only be caught. And that's what I want you to do. <laughs> one more. One more. Um, this one. I don't know. Um, it's, it's a challenge. There's no question it is. Because as long as we live in a physical body, which, of course, you have to. This is your earth suit, and you have to live in it. I don't want to live in it. Well, that means you have to die. You have to leave the planet. Uh, your body will stay here. Your spirit and soul can go and be with the Lord. But as long as we are on this earth, we are in these bodies. Praise God. And what I'm about to read for your body can be a, it can be a challenge for anybody. Anybody that's in this uh tent of flesh, this house of clay, praise God. Galatians chapter five, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I want to talk just for a moment about self-control. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, obviously that one's not very important out of the nine fruit of the spirit. That one's listed last because it's the least important. no. It's listed last because it's the hardest one to master. It is the hardest one to really get implemented into your life. It is the fruit of the spirit of self-control. 
such as this golden, I wouldn't call it a rule. I would call it a principle. Here's a golden principle. Never eat all you want. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, there you go again. You're talking about living a fasted lifestyle. And that's easy for you because you're skinny. Yes, but you can look at my family line, praise God. And this is not some kind of genetic thing. You know, this is not some kind of, oh, he's in the gym four days a week. No, or four hours a day. No, this is just simply when you get right up to that moment where you're not full, but you're almost full, you stop. You just stop. And you say, well, I'll just, I'll take the rest to go. Oh, that's so hard to do. That's, so, that's hard to do. And, you know, I, I live on the earth like you do. I live in a physical body like you do. There's certain, certain food I like a lot. But I also like the anointing. And I also like that keen leading of the Holy Spirit. And if I treat myself like a person on a cruise with a buffet and is eat all you want every single meal, for 10 meals a day, for a 14-day cruise, uh, you're talking dull city. You're talking your spiritual knife will be so dull, it couldn't, it couldn't even uh, cut a stick of butter in half. May the Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. But my friends, self-control says, ah, oh, it's good. I'm going to push back the plate. Hallelujah. And look, it's not only good for your spirit so you can catch the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's good for your body. It's good for your health. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. I was reading about a man in the uh, medieval ages. He lived in Italy and he was sick all the time. And he decided, you know what? I, I, I've always just eaten so much food. He said, I, I, I want to I live longer. So he dialed his intake of food down to only two food items. He drank grape juice and water. And he only ate, I think it was like, uh, I can't remember what it was. Just only two things, beans and something else. And back then, he lived well into his 90s, upper 90s, which that was almost unheard of. The, you know, it's like the life expectancy back then was like 44. <laughs> and then you're dead. <laughs> so it's like he doubled that and then some. Wow. So there is a lot of blessing in that area of self-control because it keeps, it keeps you sharp. The ability to say no to excessive pleasure. We, we've got it everywhere. We have, we have channels that are networks on TV that it's nothing but food 24 hours a day. Food, 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 food. And it's a huge part of the American culture. And I know many of you that are in other countries. It's, it's not like uh, you're not familiar with these things. It seems, it seems that McDonald's has spread around the world. And I've, I've had my quarter pounder cheese at the Tokyo airport. And I've had uh, the Big Mac uh, here, there, or, or wherever. It, all, it all, all tastes different in different countries. But the thing is, there are some things that, you know, you just put a whole bunch in there. Wow. It, it takes a little bit to pull out of that, praise God. So I'd say enjoy your food, but um, have this area of self-control, praise the Lord. That way, that way you can always act in love. You can act in love in unusual times. That way you can also act in patience when others are wanting to rush and go wild. There's a calmness because you're, you're living this as a lifestyle, okay? This lifestyle. Pastor Stephen, I'm just waiting for you to tell me to go do the 40-day the fast with water only. I'm not telling you to do that. That's something only the Holy Spirit can do. And that's not a regular occurrence. But you, and, and not only that, and I, and I, you know, I teach on fasting. It's, it's biblical. But you have to remember, eventually, eventually, you're going to end up coming off of that fast. You can't fast all the time. You're going to come off that fast. You're going to have to eat. And so it's, it's wiser over the long period of life to look at this from the perspective of let's make it as a lifestyle and just never gorge ourselves. Okay. Let's make it a lifestyle. That way we can walk close to the Lord all the time. Oh yes, it is. It's, it's challenging. It's very tough. It's the last one listed. I believe, I believe is the hardest one, the master. Praise God. But there are benefits. There are benefits. You get real sharp, real sharp. Woo. Praise God. So those are my two personal things I want to share with you for the enhancement of spiritual sensitivity to pick up on the leading to increase the anointing 
and to just enjoy the overflow. Lift your hands right now. Father, I pray for those that are watching. They're ready for the overflow. Hallelujah. The blessings to come rushing into their lives. And it's going to happen. So, Father God, a, a lot of this, uh, it revolves around, uh, I'm getting a, a, a big indicator right now for businessmen and businesswomen. Some of you, uh, you've had some success uh, but God's got so much more for you. And uh, the way you're going to get into that heavy overflow is to catch those leadings. You are going to have to be uh, uh, sensitive. I'm not just talking today to apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm talking to you. Hallelujah. Businessmen and businesswomen need to be keen on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. So, Father, bless your people with special grace to run the race. We give you praise in Jesus' name. I see fresh oil dripping down upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you're watching today's message and you've never given your heart to Jesus, Jesus right now will save you. Turn from your sin. Turn to him. He'll give you his eternal life. If you're ready, and I know you are, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. Jesus, I repent of my sin. I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, step into my life and lead me. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Praise God. Those of you that prayed the prayer of salvation, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and let me know. Pastor Stephen, I gave my heart to Jesus. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. I want to encourage you, grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's pray. Glory, glory. This is going to be an explosive year for you, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Get ready. Get ready. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set it apart as holy. We thank you that it is consecrated, it's holy, and it is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for the anointing upon our lives because the anointing is divine empowerment. Oh, Father, we thank you for the empowerment of your spirit. And that's why this year is going to be extraordinary because there's going to be breakthrough after breakthrough. Thank you, Father God, for your anointing. Thank you for the Lord's body. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, if we have committed any sin, we ask you to wash us, cleanse us from all sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness with the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we give you praise and glory. We thank you, Father God, that you're working greatly in our lives. We give you all the credit. We praise you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. Praise God. Let me also say that waiting on the Lord can certainly include the study and the meditation of Scripture and assimilating Scripture into your spirit. That is also extremely powerful in increasing the anointing because you have to understand that the word itself is anointed. And that's, that's really when meditation and study becomes extremely empowering when the Holy spirit is anointing the word and you are taking that in meditating and, and, and digesting that word because the word is anointed. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Father bless your people. I thank you, O oh God, that I see that they cannot be held back. There is a new day dawning for many. That day is today. 
And Father, we just thank you that the enemy cannot hold them anymore. You go free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will accomplish exploits, mighty deeds, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And Amen. Praise the Lord. And my friends, as I say goodbye, thank you for being mindful of our upcoming Passover 2022 Resurrection Sunday, April 17, when we can bring in our first pledge offering. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing with us as we continue to reach out around the world. You have a part in the eternal rewards and blessing and increase that is associated with this ministry and this work, the grace, the anointing that, that is upon this ministry touches your life for a breakthrough as well in Jesus mighty name. Thanks for watching. And I'll see you back next time.